<laughs> you gotta see. Look, Paula Bohashida just posted this. Look at that. Take a good look at this. Ah, Triple C <laughs> will fight anyone, any gender, any size. Baby Issa. She's on no, no, this is funnier, dude, because, you know, the trolls and the comments, that's what I love reading, dude. And then look at what they posted of him. <laughs> Don't come out of character, because that shit is funny, Schmo. Anyway, Schmo, let's get this time. Let's get this bar rolling, because time is money, and money is time. The intergender champ. It's still on the line. Welcome back to another edition of the Triple C and Schmo Show. I'm the Schmo. My partner's got Olympic gold medal. The champ champ making a comeback, Henry Cejudo. What's up, Schmo? Let's get this ball rolling, as I said before, because time is money and money is time. It certainly is. UFC 277 in the books in D-Town, Dallas. Amanda Nunes and new over Juliana Pena, the <laughs> Venezuelan vixen. A dominant performance to get the W. She reclaims gold and is now the champ champ once again. Triple C is a man who loves adjustments. What's the biggest adjustments Amanda Nunes made to reclaim the gold? Amanda Nunes, her team. Her team and the fact that they game plan. The, the ability of her switch to Southpaw and staying in Southpaw the whole fight. And then the takedowns in the later rounds from the fourth and fifth round are really finding those takedowns and being patient with them because Juliana Pena was just showing that she just wanted to fight and bring the fight as she should. But you also have to protect your legs. You also have to be defensive in that sense. So I think Amanda Nunes did a great job of, of tactically and also of being patient and finding her timing for the takedowns. When she was able to grab her arm on the ground, nothing was any close, right? Those submission attempts, they weren't close at all. What did you see from your vantage point, or were they? Um, she needs to be careful there, I think, for Amanda. But nothing necessarily happened. I think the biggest thing is uh, Amanda Nunes was pretty much just kind of stalling out a little bit from top. She wasn't necessarily looking for submissions. I think she only went maybe for a choke, I think, one of the times. But I don't think because of the sweat in the later rounds, it's not as threatening. But could she get caught? Of course, because Juliana Pena had it showed that she was in some situations like the triangle on the arm bar a couple of times where, man, you'd say, you know, a little more time or if they weren't sweaty, maybe she would get it. But other than that, you got a black belt versus a, a black belt in jiu-jitsu and a black belt in judo. That's That was a difference maker in that fight. How impressed were you with Juliana Pena, with her toughness especially? She had your guy, Uncle Mike Tyson, front row with Terrence Bud Crawford. No Errol Spence Jr., by the way. D-Town Dallas, that's his hometown. You didn't see him, but you saw Errol Spence. We'll get to that maybe a little later. But how impressed were you with Juliana's toughness? Oh, man, Juliana is tough, man. I think that's one thing that, that you can't, like, you can't learn it's only it's it's only like inside you it's a will that you have to that that you just have that's engraved and you can't teach it you can only experience it but that being said i think she needs technical and tactical adjustments to her fighting and i think the biggest thing for her is you the way that i would fight amanda Nunes if i was juliana pena because she's not so good in her striking but she's a, she's a she's a fighter is fight, fight the whole damn time. You cannot, I wouldn't necessarily give Amanda Nunes any space 
whatsoever. It's like take the fight and just bring the fight because the last time you did that, you ended up winning. And the more space you give, you give somebody like Amanda Nunes, the more she's gonna catch you off them hands. So this next time around, she may end up go right handed. So now you don't know whether you're gonna go right handed or left handed against Amanda Nunes. But these are the adjustments. As much of a heart that she has, she also doesn't have a belt no more, Schmo. So these are the adjustments that Juliana Pena is gonna have to make. Well, do you know who goes right and left? Valentina Shevchenko. Let's get to her in one moment, but let's talk about Juliana Pena. Her toughness was great. The way for her to win the fight was to muddy this thing up, close the distance, as you said, clash and bang. But it looked like the entire time Amanda Nunes, Southpaw, and whatnot was so much quicker to the punch. She was able to connect. She was able to keep the distance. She was able to control the fight, have her exactly where she wanted. And this is the Amanda Nunes everybody expected the first time they danced. And there was two 10-8s on a lot of people's scorecards. The judges especially, too. This thing wasn't even close. So when people talk trilogy, Triple C, people are talking trilogy. But are they talking trilogy with Juliana Pena? Or are they talking trilogy with Valentina Shevchenko? Go. Oh man, I think I think Shevchenko owes a rematch to uh, Talia Santos, and Talia Santos needs to speak up. She needs to raise her voice. You know, they, they, they gotta go stop. If you go the humble route, Schmo, you won't get that title shot. She needs to ask for that fight because that other fight, I really did think that that uh, Talia Santos did have the edge over Valentina Shevchenko. I'm not the only one. You see what I'm saying? But I think. She runs it back with Talia Santos as she should, and then she goes up and she fights Amanda Nunes for the third time. And for the and for the third fight, I'm actually gonna go Valentina Shevchenko, just for the simple fact that Valentina has gotten a lot better, and she's the younger fighter, I believe, and she's a smaller fighter. And going up is 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 better than actually coming down because if you're struggling to make 135 pounds, is going up, she's gonna feel really good. So those are my two cents on Valentina Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunes 3. Yeah, Triple C just broke it down right then and there. We watched the Tyler Santos fight live and we thought that could have gone the other way. But here's the thing, Triple C. Valentina Shevchenko, whether you like it or not, she is undefeated at 125 pounds. Her loss is coming to... Going up, and Amanda Nunes and the Schmo rewatched that fight within the past month or two with the second fight with Amanda Nunes. This thing is razor close. You're talking about the number one and number two pound for pound fighters in the female rankings, all weight classes. You're talking Valentina, you're talking Amanda. Amanda one, Valentina two. These two must dance a third time because this is the best quality fight that Amanda Nunes, the greatest female fighter of all time, can take. Right now, at this point of her career, you're talking about legacy. She always talks about legacy. Keep going forward. This is the best fight to continue to add to her ready-cemented legacy in the Hall of Fame. Valentina, third fight, that's the come. She's got the weight advantage. One thing of note, the Schmo remembers when we've interviewed Valentina Shevchenko. She doesn't lift any weights. She throws rocks. She's big in martial arts. She does body weight activity. She doesn't do any like power lifting, any crossfit, any type of weight training like that. Can you imagine Valentina Shevchenko packing on some muscle? That could be the difference maker in a trilogy with Amanda Nunes. Yeah, it could be, and she's uh, knowing, knowing Valentina, uh, she's, man, she's all about fighting, she's on a quest to, to do some amazing things, like, she doesn't, I don't think she's married or in a relationship, like, she's literally married to the game, and that also makes somebody extremely dangerous, you see what I'm saying, like, Amanda now has a kid, a wife, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying that stuff holds you down, but 
time is given, especially me now, even as a father, it's like recovery time or I got to get home or, you know, X, Y, and Z. But, uh, I think, I think this is the time to make it because they're both kind of getting up there in age too. So if they're going to make it, I say they make it within the next six months and let, let the people know who is the pound for pound queen. We got to pull up those bet online odds because listen, the schmo agrees with you. If we're going to get some early odds in here and we got some plus money and we're going to put that on Valentina Chef take on this trilogy. We're talking about who's the hungrier of the fighters when you're ready at the top of the mountain. Talk about who's got a family and whatnot. Interesting take there, Triple C. We like it. We like it a lot. How about we go on to... I like it a lot. Come on, say that, Schmo. We like it a lot. (laughs) Let's move on to the silver medal moment. The co-main event. The flyweight division. Brandon Moreno, Kai Kara France. The rematch between the two. There's an interim title on the line. And guess what? There it is. Moreno gets the job done. Man, that leg kick to the abdomen, that uh, sealed the deal for the TKO, baby. And then you got Figgy coming inside the octagon. The quadrilogy is going to happen. How impressed were you with Moreno's performance, though? Oh, super. Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I, I don't, I feel like Moreno's still the same guy. There's nothing really that he did that I'm just like, ah. Oh. I think it was more of what Kai didn't do. I don't think he stayed disciplined in kicking his legs. Where he had hurt him, and if you see if you see that front leg of of Moreno, he had hurt it a little bit, but he didn't stay on it. The key is to stay on that thing, and then eventually start using your hands. But that being said, I just didn't see anything different from Brandon. It's like the same Brandon that that, that left his coach in Mexico. He's, he's the exact same guy, and even with that body kick, like yeah, he did catch him. I will say congratulations, but. It was more the fact that sometimes you throw naked because if you notice he rushed at him, he almost kind of like walked into it where he telegraphed it. But it's all about taking risks. When he took that risk and he caught him, that's where he was able to hurt him. And he just caught him flush. It's you want to be you, you can't when you're able to walk back when somebody's coming at you, you also give space for for the leg kicks. I think people need to realize that. So Kai Kara friends happen to learn a, a, a valuable lesson that night that hopefully doesn't do again. You either stay in the pocket or you throw, but don't don't move back just to move back accordingly. Like you, There has to be a set plan because if he gets to your fight zone, that's when you throw off. I wouldn't necessarily go back because sometimes when you go back, you give room for kicks to the head or kicks to the body. And for this, this is Brandon was able to you know, calculate that body kick. Well, the Schmo talked about having the guys in attendance and Terrence Crawford and Iron Mike Tyson. Brandon Moreno is bobbing and weaving. His boxing looked crisp. I don't know what you saw there, Triple C, but I think the work with James Krause, Capitillo over here in Vegas, I thought the boxing looked like the best I've seen out of Brandon Moreno. And for him to stay composed, when Kai Carfront's got on top of him, was able to get some ground to pound, connected with that elbow to cut him underneath the eye, to stay composed, to get back on your feet, continue with the game plan, put out that volume. The schmo was very impressed with Brandon Moreno. I thought yeah. it was the best performance we've seen out of the guy. Uh, no, you know why, Schmo? Because, well, that's what you want to see. That's what the casuals want to see. But uh, as a fighter... You're calling the guy- Schmo a casual? I'm not calling the Schmo a fighter here, <laughs> but you're calling the Schmo casual right there? Okay, maybe not, but that was a casual answer. You know why, Schmo? is because look at his eye. Look at his face. Look at his limbs. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you're... Yeah, we're in mixed martial arts, but doesn't mean you got to be in wars. When you're in wars or your face is beat up, that just tells you that your defense is uh, 
there's a deficiency in there. You don't want to be there. Triple C, did you see Amanda Nunez's face after that fight? She had a welt right underneath her eye. It was swollen shut, too. She couldn't even walk. She had to to have uh, crutches to get up to her press conference. She was in a war, and yet she dominated in her fight. So she took a lot of damage. So that kind of goes against your argument right there, Triple C. <laughs> not really. Not really, Schmo. I mean, look at... Let, let, all right, let's go back. Let, let's go to... Because if you're talking about boxing... Look at look at Floyd. How can you dominate a twelve round fight and and still look like the way you came in? You know what I mean? Or Canelo? How can you know what I'm saying? Like these guys who have really perfected their craft. What I'm saying is like, yeah, you may take more chances, but hey, it's just a matter of time before you get hit, 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 and would be before you start really getting chinny. You know what I'm saying? So that being Seshmo, this is why I come there. And 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 and, and I don't I don't know if it's a biased thing or not. It's like David Figueredo is actually evolving. Like he's getting better. The rest of the people, you know, they may win fights and they may be in wars, but when you get that calculated killer, what are you gonna do? You know what I'm saying? Like, cause the other guy's gonna, the other guy's gonna pick his poison rather than just fight you the whole damn time. So, it was a, it was a good body shot. He caught him at first. I thought he hit him in the balls. I'll be quite honest with you, because I was just like, it's it was liver. so, it was so fast that you couldn't see it, but cause he, he almost like rushed at him. He just and Kai Kara France just happened to do this. Or lean back, and he gave them that perfect timing for that kick. So kudos to him, congratulations! But the God of War is coming. Speaking of the God of War, what'd you make of that face-off that they had inside the Octagon post-fight? Respect uh, from both of those guys too. Brandon Moreno apologizing right there on the spot, setting a good example for his daughters. What'd you think <laughs> about that? Dude, we're in the entertainment business, Schmo. Did you see uh, Uncle Child today? We had a little, he did a little take on that. He's like, listen, guys, this is, this is, this is, you don't sell a fight this way. If you guys think you guys are going to sell the fight, he's like, Child was like, more than likely, these two are going to get a, these two are going to get the co main event. And if they get the co main event, it's just because they, you need that animosity, man. You need good versus evil, whether they like each other or not. Like, you need to sell the fight, especially as a champion. Why do you think I became the Triple C, Schmo? You think this is just to irritate and annoy everybody? It's like, no. But we heard uh, David Figueroa today on the Ariel Hawani show, and it seems like he just came out of his shell. You know, he was saying, it's like, I'm going to translate for you. He said, he said uh, on the show, he says, listen, guys. You know, he caught me off guard with the whole love and all this, but I'm really a salty guy. And when he says I'm a salty guy, what he means is like, you know, he's he likes the bitterness. He likes to not like nobody. So when he goes in there, he's able to just unleash everything that he has. So did I like it? I mean, yeah, I mean, I would prefer them to do that after the fight, not before they're going to fight. So that's my two cents, dude. It was impromptu that he came in the octagon in the first place, but Schmo Rogan saying stuff like this is the real title fight and not Davidson Figueredo holding the title, I think that sells in itself. And by the way, you want a prediction? The Schmo does think that this is going to be a co-main event. If the USC goes to Brazil, and let's say it's January, and they do the rematch between Glover Teixeira and Yuri Prohaska in the main event, this would be the co-main event, this quadrilogy. Figgy Moreno, four. But it, so necessi- but, but it necessarily doesn't have to. Man. Look at Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor changed. He's a, he was a featherweight headlining over heavyweights and light heavyweights. The, the Conor McGregor would never be uh, the Coleman event for anybody. You see what I'm saying? Especially like now, even him losing. You know, you got to create your own storylines. If you're able to create them, you're able to create buzz. I don't see why not. 
there's never going to be another Conor McGregor triple C. That guy can sell anything. He could sell. He could be fighting an ant, and he could headline any pay per view fight. That's what he's done for this sport. So, but triple C. Who do you lean towards in this quadrilogy right now? And with that said, will you be going to Brazil or do you think Davison's coming to Phoenix? Are you going to be involved in this quadrilogy in any way? No, of course. I just got to talking to him on the phone. Uh, you know, he's trying to figure that out, whether he's going to go to Brazil or he's going to come out to here to, to Arizona because he's going to have to make those transitions. He's going to need his... Uh, He's going to need the right team, man. He's going to need people to hold him accountable with the nutrition because, yeah, he's about as fat as Triple C, to be quite honest with you. But Davison is a student. When he's in camp, he's super, super disciplined. When he's in the fight, he listens to the game plan He will and he will, you know, isolate it. So that being said, you know, obviously Davison right away, and he's proven it. He's proven it from getting tapped out to eventually coming back and actually beating him. So, um I, I don't see the adjustments that Brandon Breno has made. So for that reason, Davidson Figueroa has the ability to adapt. You know, I, I don't see that much change from Brandon. But it could also be strategic too. The, the same Brandon thing is, well, it's Kai Kara France, so we can continue to keep doing the same game. I did it before, but will he have the will he have the commitment, the discipline to be able to listen to a game plan and change the game plan during a fight? Those are the questions that I have. Well, Triple C. The flyweight the Schmo was most impressed with was Alexander Pantoja. On your season, the ultimate fighter with the flyweights, the number one overall pick guy, the number one overall guy, Pantoja getting the job done, who's got victories over Moreno, who's got victories over Kai Conference, and then beats Alex Perez. Dana White told the Schmo in the post-fight press conference that he will be the backup fighter. Makes sense for him to be the backup fighter in the quadrilogy fight. With that said, Pantoja, do you think this guy is the future champion of the flyweight division. What's your take on him? Yeah, yeah, I do. But, I mean, obviously, I don't want to say that because I'm training with Davis Figueroa, but I'm also close to Pantoja. Like, if those two were to fight, I'm just going to exit out completely. I love Alexander Pantoja, and I personally think he... Alexander Pantoja is a way harder matchup than David Figueredo is for uh, it, uh for uh I believe Pantoja is a harder matchup uh for Brandon Moreno than David Figueredo. Why? Because here he has two wins about him, and those two wins that he has, he beat him up. He brings the fight. Alexander Pantoja, we're looking at the next title contender and potentially the next champ. There it is, folks. Now, Triple C, this is the segment you were waiting for the entire show. Don't lie to the schmo. Don't lie to the fans. The bronze medal moment. Jake Paul, Hasim Rahman Jr., August 6th, Madison Square Garden. It's <laughs> off. The schmo got the news that Saturday night. Mark Ramundi, he was sitting right next to the schmo. He was tweeting about it. They break the news. That fight's canceled. Triple C. What's your thoughts on the cancellation of this big boxing event, August sixth? Oh man, I think it's uh, poof. I think it's I think it's a good thing for Jake Paul. Him going up against uh, Hasim Rahman Jr., whose father was a former world champ who knocked out uh, Lennox Lewis back in the day. I remember watching that fight. Two-time champion. Yeah, two-time champ. His son is twelve and zero. He's twelve and zero. Dude, that experience has twelve a and lot. one. Twelve and, and one. one. I'm sorry, but still, that's thirteen fights, man. That's that's six, uh, seven more fights. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that's six more fights than eight more fights. I'm sorry. My math is horrible, dude. This is why I got a two. This is why I got a two-one after I graduated from high school. Anyways, 
I just think that's just a hard matchup because this this dude's a real boxer, man. He's he's more of a uh, he's more of a boxer than anybody who he's ever fought. So it's too it's too much of a risky for not too big of a name. And I'm kind of pissed at I'm kind of pissed at Hasim because he should have never opened his mouth if he missed weight or whatever, dude. Miss it, miss it. And now you gave this dude an excuse. For him not to fight you. And then these guys are going to be smart. They're businessmen. Now they're going to redo it in Madison Square Garden. But this time against Nate Diaz. Triple C. The Schmo's going to play the other end of the argument for you. Because we spoke to Hassan Rockman Jr. We talked about the weight stuff a few days ago. Before this was even canceled. By the way. Jake Paul's side canceled this. They threw this off. By the way. Let's just throw this out there right now. They did not allow this fight to continue. Dana White hinted in the post-fight press conference they canceled the entire event because they fear that they didn't sell enough tickets. Do you know how expensive it is to throw a fight right there in Madison Square Garden to get everybody to travel? And like you said, what name does Hasim Rahman Jr. have alone himself without his father in boxing? Did they really sell tickets? The real losers here are everybody on the undercard, the Amanda Serranos and everybody competing. Why did you cancel this fight? Why not have a backup fighter? Why not allow Hasim Rahman Jr. to actually weigh in? He didn't actually get to weigh in. He weighed what, 215, 216? The contract says 200 he has to weigh in at. Let him do that. And by the way, if he doesn't make weight, then he forfeits his purse. Hasim Rahman Jr. last night said he would forfeit his purse. He still wanted to fight. MVP, most valuable promotion, Jake Paul's promotions, they canceled this fight. They called this off. This was not a good look. If you're a fan of Jake Paul or want to go to his fight, what trust do you have in him moving forward that he's going to actually pull through and go through a fight and not cancel it? Do you know how much money people spent and they aren't going to get back on flights, hotel, and travel to go to this thing? It's not a good look if you're Jake Paul. And guess what? I said earlier he's 12-1, Rockman Jr. Who did he lose to? He lost to Kenzie Morrison. You know, the heavyweight champion Morrison's son, why didn't you call out that guy? Why didn't you call out somebody else? Why not have Anderson Silva? Why not a different cruiserweight? Why don't you save the card? It's not a good look for Jake Paul. The Schmo argues that. Wow, golly, Schmo. Woo! Somebody put this man out. He's on fire. I like it, Schmo. Golly, that's... A, that's you, Think about it now. You saying all that, Schmo? Man, like, you're, you're right. But... At the same time, you got to think about the Jake Paul people. They're trying to make money. This dude's in it for money. He's in it for the fame, I believe, number one. But number two, he's in it for the money because fame doesn't last forever. And now I prefer money over fame any day. You want the freedom. You love the freedom. I love the travel. I love the yachts. I love the chinchilla suits. I love the silk pajamas. I like it all. But these people are businessmen. Why not wait for Nate to get done and then eventually fight him at MSG? So I get everything that you're saying. I believe everything that you're saying, but these dudes want to make money, Schmo. And that's of all course, they, of course, they want to make money. But how do you want the credibility of being a real fighter? How is Nate Diaz going to look after September 10th against Hamzat Chimaev? How much time is he going to need to recover before he can box Jake Paul? And by the way, when Jake Paul boxed a Nate Robinson, a Ben Askren, a Tyron Woodley, he had a 15, 20 pound weight advantage. Now, when it's the other way around, you don't want to do it. You put in these strict weight protocols. Listen, he would have taken the fines. He would have weighed 
down as much as he could. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do here, but the optics of this thing, it's its not a one-way street here if you're Jake Paul and everything. It works both ways. I understand it. Maybe he's persevering himself and saving himself from potentially getting knocked out. It was the most dangerous fight. But if you're a fan of this guy and you want to go to his future fights, how do you have the trust that he won't just pull out again? This doesn't happen in fighting, Triple C. There's replacements. You don't just pull a card. It doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that sucks too. I think he's just gonna lose fans. He's, but he's gonna lose what? A thousand, fa- a thousand fans. Triple C. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. But this, these dudes don't care. Shmo is what I'm trying to tell you. They don't care. They're after the bag of money. They want to be. The more you're hated, the more the people are gonna watch you. And that's all there is too. But you're right. The credibility. He does lose it. But at the end of the day, Jake Paul doesn't care. And if he doesn't care, why do we care? We shouldn't watch him. We shouldn't entertain him. We shouldn't do any of this. But I also do, Schmo, think he's great for the sport of boxing. Agreed. He's putting more money in people's pockets, especially the females. Triple C, the Schmo's done ranting. Anything else you'd like to add as we wrap this thing up? That's it. That Triple C's the cutest guy you guys have ever seen in this whole entire damn world. That's what. Yeah, I know. And he doesn't have to wear makeup either. Exactly. Anyways, make sure you tune in every single week. The Schmo's got to calm down here. We're schwitzing. Make sure you subscribe to anywhere you get your podcast, whether it's Google, Apple, Spotify, you name it. Make sure you tune into the YouTube. What's your name? I am Triple C. I am the Schmo. We will deliver. And we are. Ah.